0: Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones.
1: Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Eric Greener is a founding partner at Exact Drive, a leading self-serve online advertising platform. Founded in 2008, Exact Drive simplifies online advertising with strategic expertise and innovation insight you can't find anywhere else. Their self-serve advertising platform, coupled with their managed campaign planning, management, and optimization services, deliver measurable value, and Empowering clients to find precisely targeted audiences and generate desired results. Welcome to the 2018 Integrate and Ignite Trends Report.
0: Thanks, Lori. It's great to with you today.
1: Well, I tell you, I'm excited to have you with, with us too. You are in such an incredible digital space uh, and are you're providing such a need to so many businesses out there right now. Tell us a little bit about what Exact Drive does and what it was that prompted you to start the business with your with your partner.
0: Sure. Thanks, Lori. What Exact Drive does is provides a platform and opportunity for small and mid-sized agencies, marketing departments, marketers, could be one-man shop, PR firms, uh, anybody along the those lines who's got uh, online or digital advertising campaigns that they want to run. And our goal is to uh, just make it easy for those companies, either via self-serve platform or managed services, to effectively uh, run their online campaigns and have access to all the same inventory, uh, all the same benefits that are out there for the, the biggest of the advertisers.
1: Well, and for those people that are listening today, certainly the agencies that are listening and in some of the larger marketing departments truly understand how viable a need there was and ultimately how Drive answered that need. But for those people that don't understand how digital media buying happens and what it was five years ago and what you've done to really disrupt us, explain that.
0: Sure. As with many things that are out there today, volume just gives you a lot of ability in in both purchasing power and the ability to innovate. And so by having a platform that is allowing us to buy billions of impressions across all variety of formats from video to mobile to to banners to to native and, and, and other, it gives our clients access into all the same opportunities out there for some of the biggest advertisers, biggest agencies in the country.
1: And I think one of the best ways that I've explained it to our clients so that they understand how important the, the, the platform is, is it's very similar to buying stocks on the stock market, quite frankly. You've got to have a platform, which there are many out there, that allows you to take a look at a stock, what its stock price at is at, what its history is, so on and so forth. Well, the same thing is applicable to TV advertising, radio advertising, and now. Digital advertising, you can go in and take a look at what demographic profiles, audience profile, you know, so on and so forth, time of day, day partying, and all those sort of tools and serve an ad to your audience when they have the propensity to shop. So that is how important the need is for a product like this. So today we're really going to focus on digital trends. You and I have had a great time chit-chatting prior to the show. You've come up with some incredible trends that you feel are really going to turn turn the market upside down in 2018. The first one that we're going to talk about is the advancement of programmatic radio. First of all, explain what programmatic radio is.
0: I think uh, all of our listeners out here are probably familiar with Pandora and Spotify and use those as some of the other online radio apps and and programs that are out there. And and so what this has really done is uh, allowed it to become much easier for an advertiser to integrate radio, again, whether it be Spotify, Pandora, or any other, into their campaign. And what it's done is, rather than now uh, have to go to one place to get your online radio, uh, go someplace else to get your video, go someplace else to get your mobile. It's all now encompassed in one platform. So it's just one-stop shopping in effect that now includes radio. So if somebody's running a campaign and they've got a budget of a certain amount, they can now very easily in one place allocate how much of that they want to go to each of those different formats. And again, the, the new one being the inclusion of online radio.
1: Right. Now, where are you seeing this sort of programmatic radio work really well for advertisers?
0: Uh, we're seeing it work really well as a complement to existing campaigns that are running. into so whether somebody is in retail or is in hospitality or is in, in finance, uh, you know, oftentimes they've they've got campaigns that are running, uh, they'll have banner ads, they'll, they'll have video running. And so whether it is something as simple as taking the audio uh, out of current video content and, and using that in online radio, or uh, designing specific text, specific content for the online radio to complement an existing campaign, and we've found that to be uh, highly effective and, and highly complimentary.
1: You know, one of the things that we love about programmatic radio is that you can geo target very, very similar as, and it's why it's within this category of discussion today with digital. So with most radio, uh, it's very, you're casting a wide net. It might be a specific DMA that you are going after, um, with a demographic profile. Think of Denver or think of Detroit or think of LA. Those are DMAs, right? With programmatic radio, you can go down to a geographic uh, territory such as a town, large block within an area. Uh, you utilize tools such as Pandora and and Spotify to push those messages out. So it's a great way, ultimately, to augment, as you've mentioned, a strong digital presence with another media type. The other thing I want to mention, and I know that you'll agree with this, just don't think programmatic radio as a consumer product, a CPG, a retail tool. There are plenty of avenues out there for business to business marketers to get this message across uh, utilizing this kind of a platform. Now, we're going to move into trend number two. What is it, Eric?
0: Trend number two is, uh, again, just kind of piggybacking on this. I mentioned video a little bit, but it's really, uh, trend number two is going to be the just continued advancement of video uh, in multiple forms across uh, across multiple different types of online advertising.
1: Now, why does video continue to dominate and why is it essential with an integrated approach?
0: I think everybody out there knows that the, the trends are there are less and less people that are watching Traditional TV uh, right now, uh, especially we talk about the younger people or the millennials, but even uh, across the demographic spectrum, there are more people that are doing the cord cutting that are finding ways to watch things in formats that they might not have uh, five or seven or certainly ten years ago. And so, while there are less people watching, say, traditional TV, they're actually in many cases they're they're seeing and watching more content than they ever have before.
1: Now, I'm absolutely amazed. You and I talked about the fact that mobile is really growing. Uh, when it comes to the delivery of video content. And I believe that you've got some numbers with you to share with us about how big it has grown in the last few years. Can you pull those? together for us
0: when we got started in this uh, there was very little mobile out there some publishers uh, d- didn't didn't have the ability to use mobile at all many websites were designed uh, for uh, strictly for for desktops or for large screens and, and weren't even uh, weren't even uh, set to handle uh, to handle mobile advertising as we think it uh, think of it right now so whereas you know we might go back seven years and probably something less than 5 percent of available inventory was was mobile and uh, you know I'd say today in most of our campaigns in, in most of the publishers and inventory sources we see out there, it's, it's upwards of 50%. And in fact, in, in some cases, uh, Facebook being one example, will sometimes see it as high as 80% of available inventory is out there on mobile.
1: Wow. Now, why do you feel it continues to truly dominate, and why is it an important uh, approach to a fully integrated strategy?
0: Sure, I think there's a few reasons for that. And and one, of course, is as more people are relying exclusively on mobile, we're just going to see that trend continue. Uh, the other uh, a couple of reasons are that as the ability to produce quality video has become easier and has become less expensive and, and faster, the opportunities for the publishers to then uh, take that, to turn that around very quickly and, and create inventory specifically for that type of video is in- increased as well. And certainly all know that there is always going to be a place out there for uh, you know the very high production quality video, uh, you know, studio type production. A- at the same time, in, in a lot of places, uh, and again, think Facebook, the type of video that people are used to watching is something that is more than likely just shot from somebody's cell phone. And so what we see now are our advertisers that are out there using, uh, again, you might just pull your iPhone 7 out and go take anything, whether it's a, a tour of, of an office or a tour of a hotel or a, or a home for sale to some customer testimonials that can be incorporated into a 15 or 30 second video spot, the ability, the ease of that has really opened the door for a lot more video across the, the spectrum.
1: Yeah, it's such an important component. I, you know, one of the things that I, uh, I guess not surprised by, but, you know, ties into this so beautifully and it's changed so much over the years is, you know, in the past when we were buying media, and it does not matter if it's uh, business to business or a retail consumer, we are pushing impressions out to our audience, right? We are asking them, you know, we're buying media based on when we feel they Will be looking and certainly to a lot of extents that is applicable with everything that we're doing today but what has interrupted that mindset that ability to truly serve this self-serve sort of idea the youtubes that people serve themselves, self-impressions we refer to it in the agency as a self-impression not just an outward or buying impression but a self-impression they go to on youtube to look at a video um, they go on their mobile device to look at a video and they they self-serve themselves. And I think that's very, very important for advertisers, for marketers in general to realize that that the unique video content has become a very, very viable overarching content strategy to extend the impression and increase overall awareness, which I love. I, I It's such an incredible place for people to be playing right now, no doubt about it.
0: I think that's, that's a great point because across the industry for a number of years now, everybody has been aware of the effectiveness of retargeting. In fact, there's hardly an online advertising campaign that we run these days that doesn't involve retargeting in some capacity. And, and so the concept that you just identified of the self-impression is really along those same lines where people are self-selecting as being interested in a certain product, a certain service, a certain area that then allows them to be specifically targeted by an advertiser who is looking for that type of audience.
1: Yeah, the technology is amazing. It, it truly is. now, and, and it needs to be, right, because our audiences are so fragmented now because of those small little devices that they hold in their hands. Okay, trend number three is native advertising. Tell our listeners, first of all, what native advertising is.
0: Sure. Native advertising is the type of advertising that matches and is aligned with the form and the appearance of the platform on which it appears. So uh, you're thinking of a content website that has news stories in it. Native advertising would be the type of ad that then uh, appears as if it is a news story or along the same format as a news story. So it could be a picture. It could be video. uh, It could just simply be text on the page that again would be using that, that same type of appearance as the website or the platform which it appears
1: and this is actually a great tool for b2b marketers as well let alone uh, some retail but we see it used very very effectively with some of our b2b tech clients and even pharmaceutical medical those sort of companies you see it all the time so imagine that you're on a page and you are searching for cold remedies and that page will have an ad that comes up Um, it does not appear to look like an ad but it's talking about what you can do to help yourself feel better and get a full night sleep and then you click on it and it's you know it either goes to additional you know written content or it might go to an ad too but it's certainly relevant at that moment in time now how do people implement native advertising as a part of their integrated strategy
0: sure so oftentimes uh, when people are, are using native uh, again as we talked about with the radio earlier to complement an existing campaign they're using content that they already have out there today so uh, whether existing marketing material, whether it's in a blog on their website whether it, it appears in product or service descriptions, uh, it's, it's really just taking the content that they have, which is in line with the current marketing strategy uh, that, that incorporates the ideas and the themes they have and adapting that to the format on which they want it to appear. So uh, business to business, it can be highly, highly effective there. Uh, you could have something as specific as uh, construction equipment, uh, where you're on pages, where somebody in that particular industry might be looking, might be reading, and then have a complimentary native ad that specifically discusses a piece of equipment that might be available from the advertiser.
1: Now, in the past, in, you know, in the past with native advertising, just is not that long, but let's just go with the flow here for a minute, that the quality of inventory was not actually that good. What has led to the need for better quality inventory from your point of view?
0: As has happened with mobile and with video and with some of the other trends, it's really happened at the publisher level. And so as Native started appearing and as advertisers began to see the effectiveness of Native, there just simply has been more demand for it. And in response to demand, the the publishers now have really done a fantastic job of making available, specifically for Native, making that available on their platforms.
1: That leads us into Trend Number. Number four, which is real-time fraud control. Okay, why, Eric, do we need to be worried about this?
0: Sure, Laurie. So uh, as everybody that's been in the industry for a while knows, the fight against uh, fraud, against impression fraud, click fraud, has been a never-ending battle and likely will continue to be into the future. Oftentimes in the past with campaigns, the way we compensated for that was simply by uh, coming to agreement that there was some level of fraud out there and then factoring that into the number of impressions delivered, uh, just knowing that a certain part of the budget uh, was going to be lost due to fraud and building that in. Now, with real-time fraud control, what we're able to do is, on one hand, when we come to the end of a campaign, we can actually see uh, much more accurately what number of impressions uh, out there in in a campaign were, were fraudulent, and then and then account for that immediately. It's a couple things. You know, one is it allows for much more accurate reporting and invoicing, Uh, it also allows for a a lot greater ability to deliver the exact number of impressions that a campaign is looking for. So uh, campaigns are no longer coming up short or not fulfilling uh, based on some level of fraud that then we have to make up for later on. Time-sensitive campaigns that's difficult to do. It's actually letting us control for that in in real time. Another part of that, and probably uh, at the forefront and the best part of this, is that now we've got a real enhanced ability to identify the fraudulent content out there before the purchase is made. So before we buy an impression, on behalf of an advertiser, we recognize it as fraud and don't buy from that particular source.
1: Yeah, see, to me, that is absolutely amazing. It, it truly is. You know, there's nothing worse than getting done with a campaign and realizing that it did not reach the goal that you wanted and then to find out that there was a huge portion of it that was fraudulent traffic. And and certainly, you know, over the past couple of years, there's been a lot done to mitigate this. But number one, it, it's still happening. Now, one of the things that we did in the early days to, re- to understand whether or or not we had fraud traffic was simply taking a look at Google Analytics several times a day if we had a lot of visitors coming in you know from from countries outside of the United States or markets outside of you know a specific state that we may have been marketing in it was easy to know that there was a lot of fraudulent traffic from some of the campaigns that we were running but it's so much more the tools out there now are so much more elaborate that really enable us to know immediately what is happening. What has Exact Drive done to truly mitigate this and be, you know, ahead of the game?
0: Sure. So I, I think that a, a big part of that is continuing to work with the highest quality partners and the publishers, the exchanges that are out there on the forefront of fraud prevention and those that, that have made it their highest priority. And you know, we know that in the past, oftentimes there are some very good companies out there in the fraud protection field. And and we could work with them and they could come to us in a given month and have 10,000 different sites out there that they had identified as fraudulent. And we could just basically blacklist those and keep them off. But then what we knew is in the next month, another 10,000 would pop up from all over the world and that kind of never-ending battle. Uh, So what we've really done is take the reverse approach to that, which is to whitelist and approve the thousands of sites out there that we know have consistently delivered the quality traffic without any fraud involved in that.
1: Mm -hmm. That That's fantastic, and we need it, so thank you so much, Exact Drive, for being a part of that push. Okay, we're actually at our final and fifth trend of the day, which is header bidding. Okay, a new term for the interview. Define this for us, Eric.
0: Sure. So, uh, for those that haven't heard of it, it might also, uh, they might have heard of it as advanced bidding or pre bidding. And it's a programmatic technique where the publishers themselves are offering their inventory, their highest quality inventory, to multiple ad exchanges at the same time before they're actually making the calls to their ad servers, uh, you know, s- such as DoubleClick. The idea is that by having multiple sources out there, uh, such as ourselves, bidding on inventory at the same time, the, the publishers increase their the amount of money, the amount of revenue that they're taking in from that. And and at the same time, it has given everybody across the spectrum a level playing field. So we, we now have the opportunity to bid on at the same time uh, as, as anybody else out there, big or small, on behalf of our clients.
1: One of the things I love about this is typically the larger advertisers have the ability to gobble up all that inventory before any of the smaller or Medium-sized advertisers can, and just think, TV, print, and out-of-home. For instance, TV with primetime advertising, rather the you know the big national brands, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Doritos, whatever it is. They have a certain amount of inventory that they gobble up, and and very low numbers of inserts are available for the local advertisers. Well, now. You know, and that was happening for years and years and years with digital advertising. That great, awesome inventory just wasn't available as much for the smaller advertisers because of that um, parallel. I love this. The goal is ultimately higher visibility for some of these local, smaller brands. What effect do you feel this can have on most campaigns?
0: I think those are great analogies that, that you use right there. I think right people understand that uh, that it's the biggest advertisers out there that are buying, you know, say, the pro football and Super Bowl ads or the ads on the highest rated uh, TV shows out there. And for a smaller brand or even just for a local advertiser, this now gives them access to that same inventory that's out there to the biggest players in the business.
1: Well, I tell you, Eric Greener, it's been awesome talking to you today about the 2018 digital trends from advancement of programmatic radio, video, native advertising, real-time fraud control, and header bidding. Thank you so much for your insights, your technical savvy, and for appearing on the Integrate and Ignite podcast.
0: Thanks, Lori. It's been great to be with you today. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avasetcommunications.com
1: for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.